we think we know what we're talking about, right? Or at least maybe you've heard somebody take, they, they're dangerous because they've got about that much scripture and they're, they don't hesitate to use it, right? Uh, and, and so, um, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, just, just misquoted, mis- misquoting scripture, misquoting what Jesus said. Well, Jesus said this. Did Jesus say that? And when Jesus said that, what did he mean by that? And that's really kind of where we're headed today uh, in, this, in this conversation. And so um, this morning, you can go ahead and start turning in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7 is, is where we're going. Now, how many of you guys, you use voice to text? You're brave enough to do that, okay? How many of you guys are really good at it? The messages come out like you intend for them to come out. Yeah, none of us. None of us. Especially not me, right? I am, I am from South Georgia. I, I have a thick uh, South Georgia accent. Uh, so Siri does not understand South Georgia talk. Uh, Siri's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. So it's just, she's like, I'm going to do my best. And she puts something in the phone that's like, that is nowhere near what I was trying to send. That's nowhere near what I'm trying to communicate. There's actually been a few times she's put some things on there and said, please don't send that. Please, dear God, don't send that. Right? And you're trying to hit cancel and trying to tell her cancel. And she's just, all she's doing is putting cancel on the screen. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Do you want me to send that? No, don't send that. Right? And it's frustrating. Um, you know what's equally as frustrating uh, when you only get part of the message, right, that somebody's trying to send, somebody's trying to send you a text message and you only get part of the message, and you're like, I have no clue what they're trying to say, is when we misquote and misuse Scripture that way. That's frustrating, too. That's frustrating when uh, we take Scripture and we use it in a way that only communicates maybe a portion of of what God wants us to know, or maybe it totally miscommunicates what God's trying to say overall, right? And so it's really important for us to understand God's Word, and so that's that's where we're headed today. Um, there Now, there are places in Scripture maybe if you only got part of one verse, you would say, well, that's that's got to be a good thing, right? Even Even if you only got part of one verse, all the verses are good, so maybe if you only got part of one verse, maybe it can't be so bad. Well, Psalm 14.1, this is what it says. It says, uh, there is no God. There is no God. Psalm 14.1 says there is no God. Now, how many of you say, I need a little more context because that doesn't sound like the Bible to me. At least not the Bible that I'm used to reading. You're right. It, it says way more than that, but if we only take part of what Scripture says and we don't use the rest of Scripture to full out, give the, the full context of what is being said, it can really mess things up. So let's read Psalm 14.1 in its full context. Full context, Psalm 14.1. That's it. There, there it is. There is no God. <laughs> All right, you're going to make me look it up, aren't you? That's why you bring your Bible. Psalm 14. One. There it is. The fool has said, I'll make Pastor Ryan wait on this. Uh, no. <laughs> the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There it is. There's the context for that, right? There's the context. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. Uh, and, and so we need a full picture. We need uh, the rest of the story to help us get the message of what God wants to speak in our life. So a fuller reading gives us a better picture. 
So we have to understand this about, about the Bible, is that um, the Bible uh, speaks in a specific context to a specific group of people with specific needs. That when these letters and these books and these prophets spoke, they were speaking in a specific context to a specific group of people at a specific time with specific needs. And, and this is important for us to, to take this in because we can't just cherry pick, right? We can, we can pick scripture that fits our need. There's, there's all kinds of scriptures, but a lot of times people will try to pick a scripture that fits their need and kind of, hey, this, I like this one because it kind of helps me out for what I want right now. But it's dangerous to do scripture that way. It's dangerous to read the Bible that way because we don't get the full account. We're only cherry picking. And so we don't want to cherry pick. And so I want us to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 7 today is where we're headed. Matthew chapter 7. This is Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus is, uh, has got a group of people that he's teaching. And uh, we get here to uh, chapter 7, and he gives us one of these clobber passages, right? He gives us one of these passages that people just love to whip it out and use. Woo, there it is. There's my scripture right there. Boom. There you go. Jesus said it. You can't do it. You can't do anything about it. What are you going to do with that, Pastor? Right? So um, this is where we're at. Matthew 7, 1. Judge not. And we just stop right there. That's it. We don't, we, don't, we don't read anything else. We just say, Jesus said, judge not. That's right. Jesus did say that. He said, judge not. He also said this. He said, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Right? Can I see my two by four? I knew this was going to come in handy this week. Who's ready, right? So, what's the movie, Walking Tall? Anybody remember that? Uh, so, Jesus said, hey, listen, some of you guys have a log in your eye. You have a two-by-four hanging out of your eye. And what is he saying? He's saying, judge not, right? We love that. People will use that. They will take that, and they will try to use it as their own two-by-four to smack you up. You're not supposed to judge me. You can't judge me, right? But what was Jesus really saying? Jesus was really saying, hey, there is a, a, uh, a way that people do. They, they use judgment in a, in a bad way. They use it, and I wrote on here uh, in different ways, just merciless judgmentalism, right? Uh, self-righteousness, uh, hypercritical and uh, hypercritical, hypercritical and hypocritical, uh, hypocritical. I think that's what that one was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Hypocrit, hypocritical. Somebody sent me a text message. <laughs> so, but you have, this, you have this log, this beam that's like hanging out, right? He said, you've got something stuck in your eye. And it's like you're trying to dig the sawdust out of somebody else's eye. And you've got this beam of hypocriticalness and this, this beam of hypercriticalness, this beam of self-righteousness hanging out of your eye. And that's really what he's getting at with this verse. And, he, he, and I think that we have to see it in the full, 
fuller picture of what it's saying. He says, he says, do not judge. And what is that word judge? That word is a, it's a little Greek word that he uses. It's called krino. And krino is um, where we get, it means to prefer something. It means to reach a decision, to form an opinion. There are English words that we use that come from this. So the English words that, that we get out of this are the words to discern, right? Uh, it comes from the Latin phrase cyrano. So we get this discern or to critique, right? A critic, uh, a crisis, or a crime. You said all these come from this word. Why do you say, how's that? Because what you're having to do is you're having to make a decision on something, right? And so it doesn't make any sense that we say, we just use that. Well, Jesus said you're not supposed to judge. Well, you got to look at the fuller picture, right? Because what is Jesus saying? That we're not supposed to make a judgment call about anything? That we're not supposed, we, we make judgment calls every day. We, we, we use judgment calls. Some of you guys, uh, it, it's, it's like, am I coming to church, to this church? Because uh, I don't know. I had a friend tell me, yeah, it was great. And then I had a friend, another friend tell me, I don't know about them people, right? So you're trying to make a judgment call. Who are you going to listen to, right? Uh, when you go look for maybe a contractor or when you're looking for someone to provide a service, how many of you guys have ever read reviews? I'm going to make a purchase, right? Uh, I'm going to read a re- What are you doing? You're making a judgment call. You're, you're trying to discern. You're trying to, to make a decision. You're trying to form an opinion, right? You're, you're trying to see, do I prefer this or do I prefer that? And so we understand that we do that all the time, but it's interesting that people will throw this out, and they'll say, Jesus said, do not judge. Do not judge. You can't judge me. Uh, well, that's not really what Jesus was getting at. Jesus said, hey, we're, we're going to make decisions on things because if we go and we read down, Let's continue to read down. Uh, verse 5, you hypocrite, take the, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give uh, dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Let's skip down just a little bit. Let's skip down to uh, verse 15. And Jesus, in this same passage, he begins to talk about false prophets. He says, well, that's not me. I'm not a false prophet. But just hang on. This is, this is where he goes with that. He says, beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. What's he saying there? He says, hey, you're going to make a judgment call. You're going to make a judgment call on this person by the fruit that is displayed in their life. He says, you will recognize them by the fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree that bears good fruit but uh, uh, will bear good fruit, but diseased trees bear bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree does not bear good fruit is cut down. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So we see right there a fuller picture, a fuller context of what Jesus was saying. So when we say, hey, you can't judge me because Jesus said that. Jesus says, I mean, I've heard so many people tell me that Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus says. I said, yeah, Jesus says a lot of things. I wish you would figure out a lot more what Jesus says. We're dangerous with just a little bit. And we whip it out and we just beat people with it. "Ah, I'm 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 going to just take you to town with the scripture. So. Crino, it means to prefer something, to reach a decision, to form an opinion. 
See, a judgmental person is precisely the kind to go beyond discerning differences. This is what Jesus was really talking about. He says it's not that you just discern differences. It says a judgmental person, right? Someone who is self-righteous or mercilessly judgmental. Uh, They will uh, go beyond discerning differences in people's abilities to make inferences about the overall worthiness. To a judgmental person, a bad singer is inferior not just in the dimension of singing, but is inferior on the more fundamental dimension of a human being, human being as well. That's, that's what he's saying. He says, listen, you, you go too far, right? You, you, it's not just, hey, somebody's a bad singer. Oh, now they're just a bad person. And that's what we do. And he says, don't do that. Don't, don't have this log protruding out of your eye because when you do this, you you're misusing what I, I'm wanting you to do. You're misusing the judgment that I'm wanting you to use in a righteous manner. See, the problem is not about making judgment. Everyone makes decisions concerning right and wrong. What this is, it's a warning against hypocrisy and condemnation. There is nothing wrong with stating the truth about right and wrong as long as the standard is God and not us, right? He alone has the right to set moral standards. And that's, that's what we get to is when we as people who call ourselves Christians and we say, hey, this Bible is important. And it's not just important, we take it seriously. That what is said in this book, we think that we need to pattern our life by because not because we just think it's good advice, it's because Jesus says, hey, this is, uh, this is, this is what I want you, I want you to live your life this way. If you love me, you'll do what? Obey my commandments. If you say you love me, you'll do what I say. Your life will back it up. And so when we look at this, we have to take into consideration, all right, what's the principles in God's word? See, we have to judge accordingly to God's word. But never indulge in self-righteousness, hypocrisy, hypercriticalness, prejudice, or merciless judgmentalism. That We can't do that. And there's a difference there. And this is, this is the difference. See, we have a tendency to want to use Scripture to give us a free pass to whatever. Anybody? You ever come across that? Try to use Scripture to give you... Well, I mean, we, we hear it a lot. We, we, uh, you, you can't judge me. Or God is love. And God, if God is love, that means he can't have a problem with anything that I'm doing, right? I, I mean, we take it and we don't read the entire story. We don't read the entire context. We have a tendency to use Scripture to give us a free pass to whatever. So as human beings, we have a remarkable capacity to avoid seeing the things that we don't want to see. Anybody? You ever been there? H- have you ever looked in the mirror and you just, maybe, maybe, maybe you just, I mean, I look good today, right? We were just having this conversation. I've had this happen. I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I look good today. I, I, like, I like how these jeans look. I like how this shirt looks. And then I will walk out of the bathroom and my wife will look at me and she's going to say, are you going to wear that today? <laughs> Absolutely not. These are my walking from the bathroom to the bedroom clothes. These are my threshold clothes. I only wear these clothes to pass the threshold. And there, I pass it, now I'm going to change. I mean, 
we all do that. We, we, we have these times where sometimes it's just like we just don't want to see things. Um, and, and that's a problem when we don't want to see. We, we have that capacity to avoid seeing things that we don't want to see. We do that about our life. We, we can look at somebody else's life and we'll point, man, look how bad they are. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe they'll do that. I can't, oh, did you hear what they said? See that attitude? And, man, we'll just get riled up. Anybody? No, just me. I'm sorry. That's just me. You guys are great. Um, I've done that. You know, where I, I'll just, and you know what? But there are things about my own life that I fail to look at. See, this all came out of a conversation that I had this week. This is not just something, this was a real conversation that I had. And the person that I had this conversation with, they, they used this, and, and basically they, they said, hey, you need, to, you need to look at your life. Wow, you, really, you really need, before you judge me, you need to take into account where you're at. You know what? I said, that's right, I do. I do need to take into account. And so I, I had been doing that over the past few days. Taking into account my life, where I'm at, what I've done, what I've been doing, my attitudes, my thoughts, all this stuff, my mistakes, my sins, I take all that into account. Because I have to. Jesus told me to. He says, hey, plank eye, you know, you got you to gotta take the plank out of your own eye before you can manage the speck in somebody else's, right? So I'm willing to do that. And because I'm willing to do that, as your pastor... That also gives me the credibility and the authority to look and say, hey, there are certain things that as people in our church, if you're going to be an elder here, your life has got to look a certain way. If you're going to be in leadership here, if you're going to be on staff here, and we've had these conversations, me and Pastor Trent, if you're going to be on staff here, you know what, your life has got to look a certain way. There are certain standards that we hold ourselves to that maybe I don't hold you guys to. Right? There are certain, certain things, standards for our staff that they say, you know, I can't do that. You say, well, that's not wrong. Well, that may not be wrong, but being on staff here precludes us from doing that because we've set the standard high. We've set the bar high. And, and see, this is the thing. We're not here trying to be judgy, judgy on you and, and just say, hey, look how bad you are. What we're doing is we're trying to take God's word seriously. We say we first, the first place that we're going to judge is here. The first person I'm going to judge is me. The first person I'm going to take an account and make a decision on is me because I am going to be judged by God for that. But then again, I also have to fulfill what God's called me to do as the pastor of this church, to shepherd this church, to, to make decisions about what that looks like. And so there are people sometimes who want to come in and they, they, they want and we have to say, sometimes we have to say no. And, and folks don't like when you tell them no. How many of you like to hear no? You don't like to hear no any, any more than I like to hear no. I always like for somebody to say, yes, you could do that. Yes, you could do that. But there have been times where somebody says, you know what, no. Well, you're just a bad person. No, there are legitimate reasons why this can't happen. There are legitimate reasons why you're not ready to do this. There are legitimate reasons why you can't step into this. There are legitimate reasons because I don't like hearing no. It makes me deflect, and then I'll start throwing out, well, you're just bad. You're just fill in the blank. What does that look like? See, guys, we've got to be careful that we don't fall into that. And I say all this because I'm susceptible to it just like you are. I'm susceptible to it 
just like you are. I'm susceptible to being judgmental, hypocritical. I'm susceptible to being uh, self-righteous, right? All these things. I'm susceptible to it just like you are. And when somebody, this is why we have leadership here. This is why we have a staff team here. This is why we have elders here. We hold each other accountable. Now, that is, that is a word that people don't really like, right? Um, for people to hold you accountable, that means that sometimes they're going to call you out on your stuff. So you've got to be able to appreciate the person but address the problem. This, this is not us trying to dishonor anyone. When you say no to someone, it's not about, hey, you're just a bad person and, and I just want you to get out of here. That's not it. We try to appreciate the person while we also address the problems. And in accountable relationships, that's what we do. Because we appreciate the person, because I love my wife, because my wife loves me, because we love our kids, we have to address difficulties and we have to address problems, right? There are things sometimes you say, hey, that's not good. Hey, that's, yeah, hey, you know what? I want my wife to call me on stuff. If I look like a fool before I walk out of that house, I want her to look at me and say, are you really thinking about doing this? I mean, you need to rethink this. Because I know she loves me. Because she doesn't want me to be embarrassed. She doesn't want me to embarrass her, right? <laughs> that might be more what it is. But, but she's trying to help me. And, and to be accountable to someone means that I have got to be able to take the correction. We don't like to take correction. Proverbs 12.1. Proverbs 12.1. This is what it says. Right there. This is what it says. Right there. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. (laughs) That's pretty I mean, I don't know how you In the Hebrew and the Greek, I think it just comes out just like this. That's just dumb. If you don't like, if if you are not willing to be corrected, if you're not willing to take direction, if you're not willing to be shaped and molded, the Bible's saying this. It's like, that's not wise. That's not smart. Actually, let's just call it what it is. It's stupid. And I don't want you to be that. I don't want to be that. I want to be able to be the person who says, you know what, I need the discipline. I need somebody to come and, and say, hey, this, this isn't right. See, I believe this. I believe your maturity can be measured by your ability to take correction. I believe your maturity can be measured by your ability to take correction. And, and if you're not able to take correction, you may not be as mature as you think you are. And so every one of us in here, we, when we come together, it's not that we come together to play a game and do religion. We've talked about this. When we come together like this, it is every one of us, we are coming together to do something serious and to, do, to take each other serious and to be accountable to each other. There, there is this whole, whole thing that we talk about uh, wives being submissive to husbands. You know, and husbands love your wives, right? And when you say, well, I don't really like, you know, I don't, you know, whether you like that or not, do you know that there's a passage before that, before you get there, there's a passage that says, submit yourselves one to another. Submit yourselves one to another. So whether you like it or not, this is what we've walked into. This is a commitment and a serious relationship that we're walking into, and we're saying, listen, I, I want you to hold me accountable. And I'm, I'm going to be willing to walk in this with you and hold you accountable. That our life and ethic, we're going to take Jesus' words seriously and apply them. This is what it's going to look like. 
And so, you know, self-righteous people are not always the most self-aware people, are they? Mike Irwin and uh, Willis Duvall, they said this. He said, he, he said, exhibiting accountability over time is a gateway to trust. When we see someone acting with accountability, we gain the evidence we need to trust them. That's what we're doing. When there's accountability, what's happening is, is we're building on trust. We're building on each, that credibility that we're uh, for each other. That say, you know what? I've seen your life. You've seen my life. We walk in this together. I can trust you. Now, I can trust you with my life. I can trust you with my kids. I can trust you with, with the things that are valuable to me, right? That's what it means to walk in accountability, that we walk in trust with each other. So I want you to stand with me. The last, the last verse I want to read you, and I'm going I'm to read this off the screen, and it is 1 Corinthians 5, 9. It's, it's, I'm going to read this out of the message, Passion. Go, go to the next one, Ralph, the next one. Yeah, there you go. Um, nope, next, next one down. There you go. This is Paul. He's writing this, and this is what he's saying. He says, he says I wrote to you earlier in the letter that, Shouldn't, you shouldn't make yourselves at home among the sexually promiscuous. He says, I didn't mean that you should have nothing to do at all with outsiders of that sort or with crooks, whether blue or white collar or with spiritual phonies for that matter. And this is out of the message. If you said this is crazy translation, that's because it's out of the message. You'd have to leave the world entirely to do that. Next verse. But I am saying that you shouldn't act as if everything is just fine when a friend who claims to be a Christian is promiscuous or crooked or flip with God or rude to friends or gets drunk or becomes greedy or predatory. You can't just go along with this, treating it as if, as if, as if it's acceptable behavior. I'm not, res I'm not responsible for what outsiders do. But we do have some responsibility for those within the community of believers, don't we? God decides on the outsiders. But we need to decide on our brothers and sisters that are out of line and, if necessary, cleaners. And that sounds, that sounds real, though. Pastor, that sounds like, like you showed up at the two-by-four today. You're ready to clean houses. This It's the wrong picture, but... It does mean that we're taking our relationship seriously. It, it does mean that when you come here and you say, hey, I'm a Christian, what that means is you're saying there's something significant about my life. There's, there's something extremely significant about my Savior. And what he's told me to do is called me to listen to his voice and obey his voice and follow his commands. And he says, if I love him, I'll obey his commands. And if I believe that, life has to look a certain way. If I believe that, my life is pointed in a direction and I'm trying to live that out. It's not a game. I don't, I don't get to just take scripture and just, you know, fling it all around and try to beat you up with it. We have to take all of it together. So I don't know exactly how to end this. <laughs> it's not one of those, hey, come to the altar, let's cry on each other's shoulder kind of deal, right? Um, think what this is, is that we recommit to take Scripture seriously, and we recommit to our study of Scripture, 
we recommit to our study of looking at it. If God says something in his word, what does that mean? What is, what is the whole counsel of God? What is the whole picture that he's trying to get us to see? Right? And not just take cherry pick verses here and there. Right? Let's be careful when it comes to those outside, outside the church. You know what? The world is just going to be the world. Sometimes we're shocked. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, they're the world. We get upset at companies that are worldly companies. They don't profess Christianity. They don't profess Christ. We say, I can't believe they did that. It's like, I can. Their bottom line is a prophet. But for us, it's different. For us, we come together and we say, we're accountable to each other. Our life has to look a certain way. We're going to hold each other to that. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to encourage each other. Sometimes we're going to tell each other, no. You know what? But there's going to be plenty of times we're going to say, yes, 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 let's celebrate the yes. And in those difficult no's, it's all right. We're going to walk it together. That's what this relationship is about. We're going to grow together because that's what we do around here. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we're growing, that means that we're, we're in this together. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the chance to come. We thank you for the chance to see your word. And I pray that we see it as a whole. That we see the full picture. And then if we don't quite get the full picture, that we'll study and seek it out. That we just won't cherry pick. We just won't be okay with small portions. But Lord, that we'll commit to each other. We'll commit to being the body of Christ. And sometimes that means saying no to each other. And sometimes that means celebrating the yes with each other. So Lord, whatever that looks like, I pray, Father, that you would help us to be people who are accountable. Accountable ultimately to you, but we're accountable to each other. And that, Lord, that we can come underneath your authority. And that we're when under your authority, we're under your protection, we're under your guidance, we're under your love, we're under your grace, we're under your blessing. And we'll have the overflow of every bit of that. That's what we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we sing this together?